You are listening to Money Making Mothers with Carla Edwards, where we discuss the highs and lows of being a working parent, how to master the art of spinning plates, and remind ourselves that just because you became a mother does not mean your dreams no longer exist. You can have it all. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Money Making Mothers where I am joined by Katie, aka The Modern Mum. She's a massive influencer on Instagram which is not an easy thing to be. She's done this by herself whilst raising three children and has recently just opened an online clothing business as well. Now she's had some lows along the way but a lot of us will be able to relate to this journey and she is just herself which is incredible. Hi, I'm Katie from The Modern Mum and I'm here today to talk about what it's like to be a working mum. Hi Katie, you all right? Yeah. So I'm absolutely buzzed because I know your life is as hectic as mine is and that's the puppy. (laughs) (laughs) What's he called, the puppy? He's called Ace. Ace, oh gorgeous. Well, my, like I just said there, my puppy is no longer a puppy. He's now a horse. So um, enjoy them while they're little because it literally, they don't <laughs> stay, it's like having babies on his own stays cute for as long. Um, so obviously I don't know a lot about what you do. I've just, I know you're from obviously following an Instagram and seeing like the clothes and things, but I want to know more about what you do and why you do it. So First question I'd like to ask is, why do you do what you do? Good question. In terms of the, the new business or? No, let's start, let's start with like the back, like background and build up of to how you've got to there now. Okay. So, the yeah, all right. So about three years ago, I um, started an Instagram account. Yeah. found one of the mums from school's Instagram account, well, her secret account, which was basically photos of her house because she'd renovated it. We just recently renovated our home and extended it. And I was like, oh, I could do that. Um, so basically just went on and um, started taking pictures of the house. Um, and then sort of got sucked into this whole home community on Instagram. I say sucked in, that's, that's, that makes it sound bad. It, it wasn't bad at all. It is a really, really, really nice community to be a part of. Um, I've made loads of friends um, on Instagram that I've met in person or that I speak to on the phone as well. And after sort of taking photos of my house for about two years, I was like, oh, this is really boring now. Um, and thinking, I see loads of people sort of making money, um, you know, influencers, yeah. uh, content creators, whatever you want to call them. I was thinking, look, I, you know, I've got three kids. At uh, the time I was caring for my late mum, so she'd had a stroke just after I got married in 2013. So I was her main carer. I had then went on to have three kids and I thought I, I need to do something to fit around. It wasn't the need to earn money. Yeah. It was the need to be me. Yeah. I was a carer and a mum and I wasn't Kate anymore. So, and it was finding people like 
me because obviously where you live there's things that happen to you in your life don't always happen to everybody that lives in your town or, or in your circle of friends but when you have a platform of 60,000 followers or even less you know somebody well, it's probably going to be hundreds of them that things that have happened to you have happened to them and I found it very um, comforting, very helpful that I was able to talk to these strangers, we'll call them, um, about, you know, issues I was having with my mum and then when she passed away, it was much easier to talk to them than the conversations. So it basically, I wouldn't say it took over my life, Instagram, but it, it became a very large part of it and I would be engaging all the time um, with people that followed me, with people that I followed. But then I thought, so, so I need to make some money from this. I'm spending a lot of time doing this and creating content, you know, to get conversations going. How, what do I do? And um, sort of researched it a bit and I joined a few, um, sort of marketing agencies that you go on and you apply for campaigns. And I'm quite, I'm quite fussy. I've turned down an awful lot of stuff because I'm like, oh, everyone's promoting it and it's not really something I'm that into. Um, so I then started to earn a little bit and the, the bigger you're following you get or the more engagement you have, the more money you can make. Um, and there's some accounts that will just, do anything and everything for money. And do you know what? That's absolutely fine. I still follow these people. These people piss people off. But at the end of the day, it's a job. Mm. You know, no one gets pissed off because somebody's working in a bank or at McDonald's or whatever. You know, it is a job. Um, <clears throat> and I think where I was just a home account, like I was getting you know, offers of, would you like a new bed? Would you like a mattress? Would you like a coffee table? And I was thinking, I've already completed my house. It was already done. No, I, I can't, I've got no room for anything. And I was like, I, I need to, I need to be more diverse here. I, I, I'm, I'm fed up with just taking pictures of my home from different angles. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life, they say, don't they? And I was like, that's my family. So I changed my account to more of a lifestyle account because I found that when Instagram introduced the stories, because before it was just literally sharing pictures on your, on your grid. So when they introduced stories, I was doing quite a lot of that. I was really nervous at first. Um, started doing stories and people were always interested in all, oh, like you're saying, you know, you're a nosy cow. Everyone's a nosy cow. We, we are nosy by nature. You know, so people will be like, oh, what's that in the background? And, oh, what are you wearing today? And what are you doing? So the whole stories really brought to life the fashion side of things for me. And like, I'm 41. I, at the time, was probably a size 16 when I started. And um, I found it very odd that people were asking me what I was wearing and that they really liked it and they thought I was fashionable. I was like... Behave. Like, literally, I'm in a hoodie and jeans or a hoodie and leggings or something most of my life. But they're like, oh, no, we really like it, we really like it. And then I sort of 
look to see, well, how could I maybe earn money from that? Because I'm sitting there replying all yeah. the time to people. This is, yeah, like literally going out of my way to go and find them, the, the link and everything. And, and then I found that, you know, you can use affiliate links. So I found a company and I, I do that because I don't just sort of go, right, okay, here's 10 items that I like, swipe up and, and buy them. It's pretty much 90% of the time is something that I am wearing and I have already bought. And then I started to work with um, other sort of like online boutiques, we'll call them, you know, small businesses, and they would send me, you know, a, a coat or a loungewear set or something. And I'd promote it for them. Um, I then went on to buy with them. And in fact, I probably only really work properly with two of them. And then I had, well, everyone's had a really shit year this year, haven't they? But I've had a really shit year. And last year was shit because I lost my mum as well. And I've been having counselling since May. And I was spent like the whole of the, basically from May until end of August, drinking, eating, well, not really eating because I lost quite a bit of weight, but drinking, trying to go out with my friends as much as I could when you could, when it wasn't lockdown and everything. And I've never spent so much time with my friends. I've been, and now I just spent loads of time with them and we just got talking and they didn't really know exactly what I did on Instagram and everything. And we just got talking and we were like, hold on a minute. Couldn't we do this? Couldn't we do what some of these small businesses like send me stuff for? Um, and I've been offered money to promote the products I was getting rather than just have the item. And I was like, look, that's really lovely, but you're a small business. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, ask you to pay me i haven't got a problem with working with somebody like clarins which i'm doing at the moment they've, they've got enough money to pay or procter and gamble they've got enough money to pay but i, I didn't really want to take it off a small business and i was like i, I really wanted something that would go past instagram because if instagram was to go tomorrow how would i make any money yeah so basically yeah just over three weeks ago we decided to start the clothing business and yeah we're on to our fourth week now this week and it's been really fun but it is hard because I'm managing well we're managing the clothing business and I'm still managing the modern mum as well and still going through the transition of going from being an influencer to to running the company are you going to aim to do both what are you yeah I'm going to aim to do both because I thoroughly enjoy um, doing the stuff that I do uh, as a, I don't really like the word influencer, I don't know why, because I suppose I do influence people, it just sounds a bit wanky, doesn't it? Um, oh, but I do like... <laughs> got more than so many thousand, you're an, inf you're an influencer, so... I know, I know, it's very strange though, because you just think, you know basically a middle-aged housewife and a mum of three but then I'm like well so what of course I can do it I don't have to be a 19 year old love island no, I think it's amazing whatever so yeah I know, people just people like to see normal as well I think and like to see reality what you were saying when you were just like explaining like how the build-up was 
a massive thing I heard there was just about being being able to be relatable to someone, someone being able to have someone who who understands, and that's what you'll give a lot of people is relatability because. You know, like you just said there, everyone wants to be normal because in the social world, a lot of it isn't normal and it's not mm. and it's depressing as hell. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, loads of people go on to Instagram for, you know, aspirational purposes to be inspired. Um, and, you know, and that's 100% why I was on there as well to start with. And I still like it and I still follow accounts that produce picture-perfect photos, you know, beautiful videos. Um, and I would never unfollow them because of that. I just can't be asked. Yeah, I know, yeah. It's a major fucking effort to do, isn't it? Like, time to produce beautiful... I literally do everything on my phone. I've got a nice camera. I can't be bothered to get it out. <laughs> so everything snapped on my phone... And I'll adjust, I don't put filters on it, but I do adjust the colour or the lighting or whatever. And yes, sometimes I capture a decent photo, maybe of me and the kids or the kids. But <clears throat> most of the time it's just as Not. it is. Yeah. And I think and I think also with the with the business, well, the same as it is when I was doing my fashion stuff on the modern mum, it was just sort of like daily styles you know what I was wearing or whatever because I couldn't pin the kids down to take a photo of them so I'd take a picture of what I was wearing instead um but it was just normal there's no fancy lighting it's just me in front of a mirror I haven't got someone yeah, taking a beautiful shot because that's like you say that's something that people can look at and go oh, that's what I I could do and I can be yeah um, they could but they could also look and go oh that's actually how that item's going to look on me not some six foot two size eight not that there's anything wrong with that but when it arrives from Massos and it's like this didn't look like this on the picture no no <laughs> and you're like it's even when they put like the I'm quoting right now I know you can't see me but the plus size models and it's it arrives and I'm like I'm a size probably 14 sometimes even 16 depending on what it's like and it come and I'm, I think, hmm, this model was not wearing this size. Like, definitely not. I look like a crumpet stuffed in a liner. It doesn't work. <laughs> oh, oh, no. So, yeah. It's, it's, uh... In terms of, like, you, everything that you do, you're doing at the moment, everything you have done, how do you find juggling work and being a mum? Honestly, I haven't, I haven't really had time <laughs> to stop and think about it i do go through waves of um guilt you know not being able to take the kids pokemon hunting because i've got x amount of orders to go and pack or i've got a piece of content i need to create to a deadline because i'm not very good at deadlines also trying to keep like there's, so I've got three kids, but I've also got a stepdaughter. So we've got a five-bedroom house. I've also got to try and keep that in a reasonable state. Um, and, you know, I was proper house proud before, especially starting off as a home account. You, you know, your house needed to be pretty tidy to be able to take pictures. Well, that's all gone to pop now, especially with this one. Um, so the house is clean, not tidy. Ow. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it is hard. I feel guilty. They probably have way too much time 
on iPads and in front of the telly than I would like them to. But to be perfectly honest with you, I've never been the kind of mum that's that mumsy. No, I... Like, it doesn't get out and bake and do the crafts every every hour after school. And... I, I'm quite creative, so I don't mind a bit of crafting. Not an issue. Baking, yeah, not a chance. I'm much more of an Uber Eats kind of girl, especially through lockdown. So, um, no, I can cook. I just can't. It's not a priority to me. <laughs> not, on the, um, not cutting it with... But well, when you've got the end of the day, like... I know it's, it's used really often, but when you are spinning so many plates, you, there's only so many you can do at once and there's got to be a line drawn somewhere. And yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'm quite conscious that that line, can't, you know, it can't be the kids that I drop. <laughs> you know, no, that, that can't... Cooking, no. Cooking's all right, a drop. Exactly. <laughs> so I drop the cooking. I cook for them, but it's like hot dogs or chicken nuggets. It's, it's not a... It's not a hard effort but I end up then not eating well or not eating um which obviously isn't good for my health I'm not getting any younger um and yeah there's a few illnesses running in our family so I do need to take more care of myself um so yeah it's it's non-stop I remember I think after I lost mum last year I remember I'd just sit and watch Netflix while the kids were at school. I'd tidy the house. I'd watch a series on Netflix. I don't think I've watched TV for six weeks now, probably. <laughs> just don't have the time anymore. And I like being busy. But sometimes I do think, oh, I just love, just love a night off. Yeah. The kids don't sleep either. They are absolute horrors. What, what are them? Yeah, all of them. All oh, no. of Even the elder, like even the nine and a half year old, like, doesn't he sleep? Uh, he'll sleep through once he goes to bed. It's getting him to go to bed in the place. Then the middle one, Teddy, who's five. The middle one's and... called Teddy. Oh, is he? Yeah, my five-year-old boy's called Teddy. Great name. Um, he has developed over the last six months just not wanting to sleep by himself. So he either calls into bed with me and then I have to take him back down to his room, which oh, he's five now, nearly six. So he's too heavy. So he stays with me. And then Margot, who's my youngest, she just wakes up all through the night and has done for two years. So hence why I'm on a lot of coffee. Say, hence why Starbucks is on delivery. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Honestly, yeah. like, I... Me and my husband were actually talking about this last night. Like, Alba, who's two and a half now, she literally just, she owns the bed. Like, we, he sleeps on the side, like, on the side table. And I'm lucky because I'm a favourite, so I get to cuddle her. But then all night, I'm not actually asleep because I'm petrified I'm going to squash her. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, I must wake up at least 10, 15 times a night going, <gasps> No, like making like so I think, oh shit, I fell asleep. Like, am I on her? Like, and she's like dead still, and I'm like prodding, like, like making sure. And it's horrible because you don't get a full night's sleep, even though you're in bed from like eleven till six. It's not actually asleep. So no. that is that is definitely one very drain inside of being a mum, like a million. Yeah, percent. I would say the sleep deprivation. 
I don't, I don't remember the last time I had a decent night's sleep before I fell pregnant with my nine-year-old. <laughs> All three of the children have been in bed with me at various points of their life. And when people say, you make a rod for your own back, mm, absolutely. However, they're not going to be little for long. They're not always going to want to sleep with me. Although the nine-year-old still does every now and then. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. So sometimes there's four of us in there. And I'm like, really? Great. Um, but yeah, it doesn't really bother me that much about them being, I'd rather them be in bed with me and sleep through the night than yeah. be in their own beds and keep waking up. It's the broken sleep I well, can't deal with. Is, is that what you say in terms of like working and juggling? Is it just basically day to day, just let's crack on? every day as it comes like wing it yeah uh, I, that is literally my motto with life wing it i have no structure i don't do well with structure i'm not very uh, i don't like rules i don't like structure um I get up in the morning and i think right what is there to do today and i'm one of the people that i'll start a job i don't finish it i'll go off and move do a bit of the other job do a bit of another job then yeah. finally come back round to doing the other job probably about nine o'clock before I go to bed. Because I panic thinking if I don't get bits of things done, I won't get anything done when reality is I should probably just do one job, finish it. Yeah, but it's multitasking, isn't it? It's just not like finishing the task at the same yeah. time. But it's still doing it, so you're still going through. Um, what in terms of the journey? So I, I'm in terms of, when I say journey, I mean your journey, like... I just who who you are today is everything that you've done over the past say ten years since you were pregnant. So in terms of your journey, what has been the most difficult time so far? This year. This year. Why? Um, <clears throat> I was still grieving for the loss of my mum and then about three i might cry is that all right <laughs> i'm not i don't really talk about it that much no i'll try not to um so yeah lost mum last may and then shortly after her funeral we found out dad had dementia okay. and that she's got progressively worse lockdown has made it even worse obviously because not being able to see him sometimes and i don't care what Boris says, like, he's my daddy, I'm going to still see him. But obviously to keep him safe, if any of us weren't very well, we didn't. I was just in this bubble of grief after losing mum and I just felt a bit like a zombie. Um, yeah. Not really doing anything. Yeah, you know, to be fair to you, Kate, it's not a long time to be grieving. Like, you know, people... No. It's not, there's no, there's no timeline and no short fix for grief and it takes whoever, every single person deals with grief differently. So, you know, in a bubble is well expected, especially if it was only last year, Jesus, like you've been a bit. Yeah, I know. And I think it was because as well, you know, I was a carer for six years, so I was with her nearly every day. We didn't have the best relationship growing up. As a lot of mothers and daughters, they fight this because we're so alike, you know, all that kind of stuff. But then, you know, she was pretty much paralysed down one side after her stroke. She couldn't speak. I had to, you know, I had to wash her. And she was a very strong, independent woman. Like, I mean, proper. And I, I had to wash my mum. 
I had to put her shoes on for the first two years after a stroke. You know, it, it's a very, it's a very strange time when you become the parent to your parents. Um, so yeah, there was losing her, dealing with losing her. Then there was the big hole that went because I was her carer. And I didn't fill that hole. Well, I, f I filled it with Netflix. I filled it with the Vampire Diaries on Netflix and also Sons of Anarchy. So I basically just binge watched because I didn't want to think about real life. Yeah. And that's what I did because I wasn't, I wasn't dealing with things, um, you know, but yeah, there was, I, I wasn't me anymore. And <clears throat> I think it, stuff that's happened to me over the last few years has made me realise that it sounds so cliche, but life is too short. Now, I'm not saying you have to work, you know, to get that fulfilment, but it almost doesn't feel like work to me. I enjoy doing it, and I think I missed... I missed having a career. I was always a career girl, didn't want kids. I had really good careers, like re two awesome jobs before I fell pregnant at 30. I was quite late, well, late-ish. Um, and I, I just fell into being a mum and forgot who I was. Yeah. And I think now, I don't think I have much confidence either. Being out of work for, what, nearly 10 years, like work, you know, proper work, or not proper work, because being a mum is proper, is fucking hard work. And I know all mums say that, but unless you are a mum, or a stay-at-home dad, or, you know, you don't realise how, it is just constant. There is no let-up. Even when they are at school, you've got to wash the, sodding clothes you've got to dry them you've got to fold them you've got to put them away you've oh. got to make sure their homework's done or arrange a play date you know there is no let up and to then I throw i see oh. sorry interrupt you there but just to yeah. uh, i seen a thing the other day and it was so true and i've never heard it said like this and it was when she says she's tired, she doesn't mean she's tired from not having sleep. It means she's tired from thinking for everybody else. And that's exactly what, like a full-time mum, anyone who does it, because honest to God, I had to do two weeks of um, isolation with them, full-time and work, and, try, and I nearly went insane because it genuinely never ends. And that's, they're amazing. And it's the best thing in the world is being a mum, but you still need to be you. And I think, you know, like you said there about like, you, you career, your career and your work's almost like an, es an escape of being yourself again and being able to be Kate. 100%. 100%. My friend, one of the girls that I started the business with, she was like, why did you not tell me how fucking hard it was to be a mum? And I was like, I never lied to you. I never lied to you once. I always told you my kids are dickheads. They <laughs> are constant. You know, they are... You know, it, there is not, but I wouldn't change them for the world, no matter how annoying they are, no matter how much I am basically their slave. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't change them for the world. And it is hard being a mum, but do you know what? 
I went on and had another two after having one. So it's obviously not that bad. But when you are in the moment and having, you know, the four-year-old's throwing a massive paddy because she's, I've given her a yellow cup instead of the pink cup. You do think to yourself, why? Why did I have three? Why did I have any? What is wrong with you? Like, why? Just listen. They just literally, they choose what language they speak and hear whenever it suits. Yeah, yeah. So on the, obviously, like, that side of things is a constant ongoing battle. But if your children, this is my favourite one, I say it, I think I say it every podcast I say it, but it is because it, I think it's so important. If your child or children could learn anything from you, what would it be and why? Empathy. I think being able to see things from, you know, to put yourself in somebody else's shoes, to try and understand what things are like for somebody else that may be in a less fortunate position or... Um, I don't know why I said empathy. Why did I say empathy? I, I, I think I would like... It's really hard. I think I would like them to get from me, I think... Yeah, I want, I want them to be compassionate. I don't want them to be as emotional as me, though. <laughs> I'm a little bit too emotional, but... I'd say strength, but I'm pretty sure everybody would say strength. And it's not something I think I am. I don't think I'm strong. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be that they could learn from you because you do it. It's something that you, you teach them. Like, if you if they could learn something from you, you know, there's plenty I would of like them to stop pissing on the toilet seat. <laughs> You've got two lads, love that, ain't stopping any time soon. No, I know. Actually, the girl does it as well sometimes because she just doesn't get there in time. Um... Oh, what do other people say? <laughs> I, everyone's different. Like, my, I don't know. Like, I've got loads. Mine changes all the time. And I think, personally, I think it will always change because life changes. So, like... I think I would like... Do you know what? I think I would like them to be able to cope without me. I think I'd like them to be able... Oh, I think every parent must, though. Like, for them... It's going to sound really morbid for, for them to be okay when I'm not here anymore. Not morbid at all. They want to be independent and be able to live a good life. For them but I don't want them to be that independent that they don't want to come and see me when they leave or give me a cuddle or a kiss. But yeah, I want them to be okay when I've gone. And I think that's probably because maybe I'm not okay. Um, so yeah, I, I want them to be independent, but I'm probably going to have to pull my finger out and... Um, Make them independent. It's too much hard work. Literally, that will be harder work. Be harder. <laughs> it's easier just to pick up after them, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Repeating yourself 95 times. I don't know how every single morning I must tell my boys, when you finish with the toothpaste, put it away. When you finish with the toothpaste, put it away. And I said this morning, how many times am I going to have to say that before you actually start putting it away? And they're like, oh, sorry, we forgot. And I'm like, I I'm just going to let my kids' teeth fall out and then they can't eat anything. Just don't, don't, don't worry about brushing them, kids. It's fine. You'll have nothing soon. And it's all over the floor. Like, literally, they must brush the teeth and just, like, like a dog does when it's, like, thingy in its mouth. That's what kids do because it's... Oh, I know. Constantly. My four-year-old likes to put her finger in it and then make pretty patterns on the mirror with the toothpaste. 
Oh, that's lovely. Brilliant. That's Brilliant. Nice spit flowers, like spit daisies on the mirror. <laughs> Just lovely. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you and I think you're incredible and I think you need to stop being so hard on yourself because you've been through one hell of a year and it doesn't matter how long you're in that bubble for, just make sure you're, you're safe in your bubble and you're, and you're doing what's right for you, being you, looking after you because you're the one to look after them. So, I'm going to make yeah, you are. Oh, oh, hey. no, right. <laughs> but um, yeah, where can people, if people want to obviously see the business, and see the clothes and things, where do people go to see that? So you can follow us on Instagram. It's um, at underscore style obsessed, or you can go to the website, which is www. Oh, this sounds very professional, doesn't it? Uh, styleobsessed.co.uk. Um, or come over and follow me on The Modern Mum on Instagram. And uh, I plug the shit out of my business on there as well. So you won't miss it. And you have gorgeous lounge suits. That one I seen the other day. After, I'm going to get it. Soft. Is it, is it like just had some colours like, in as well. Like white. And then like the patterns, like shimmery type. It, like... it, it looks shimmery, like a silvery grey. Yeah. So comfy. We've just had some new colours in as well. Woohoo! So everybody, loungewear is gorgeous. Um, but yeah, but thank you so much, Kay, for, for coming on. Oh, really appreciate Thank you for asking me. No bother at all, love. You have been listening to the Money Making Mothers podcast with Carla Edwards. If you have enjoyed the show, then leave a five-star review on iTunes. Make sure to tune in next time. And don't forget, you can have it all. <laughs>